climate change will impact more than just the environment. It's also going to have a lasting impact on global economic growth and prosperity, particularly as more and more investors around the world demand more of the companies they invest in and take action, like moving money into sustainable assets. The bottom line? We believe it's going to reshape finance and investment management. That's why we're starting a new podcast miniseries, Sustainability, Our New Standard. We'll explore the ways that sustainability, and climate change in particular, are poised to transform investing, and how BlackRock is preparing for that transformation. Today we're kicking off this mini-series with some significant initiatives that we at BlackRock have announced around sustainability, putting it at the center of our investment approach. In our active business, which represents $1.8 trillion, we are exiting businesses that present high ESG, or environmental, social, and governance risk, such as thermal coal producers. We're launching new investment products that screen out fossil fuels, and we're increasing transparency in our investment stewardship activities. A few days ago, I sat down with Rich Cashel, BlackRock's head of multi-asset strategies and global fixed income, to talk about these changes. We talked about why sustainability is at a tipping point and what it all means for investors. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Later. We hope you enjoy the first episode of this miniseries, Sustainability, Our New Standard. Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about sustainability today. And one of the primary messages that we, BlackRock, are discussing is that climate risk is investment risk. What exactly do we mean by that? We believe that the focus on climate risk and the focus on broader sustainability issues is really having a profound impact on the financial markets. And we're seeing that in two principal ways. One is that we believe there are a lot of mispriced risks in the market. Investors are fundamentally not taking into account some of the risks associated with sustainability in general and climate change specifically. You see that in physical risks, such as the impact of fires or rising temperatures or lower crop yields on different parts of the economy. You're also seeing that in the form of underappreciated impacts from a transition to a low-carbon world. And that's having positive impacts on parts of the market that are focused on providing low-carbon services and products, think electric vehicles, and negative impacts on those in carbon-intensive industries. Secondly, there is a large-scale reallocation of capital going on in the markets today, away from broad market exposures to indexes, and other things focused on sustainability. That's going to have a profound impact on valuations, negatively impacting companies and issuers that exhibit negative externalities and positively impacting those that are seen to have positive externalities in the market. So you oversee many of our investment teams. What does this mean for them? Well, we're seeing them really do a couple things. One, over the last several years, we've had a pretty intense focus on integrating environmental, social, governance, ESG, if you will, risk factors into our portfolios of really making certain that that is an integral part of our investment process and that we're evaluating those risks. Second, there's been a large focus on making certain that we are providing choice to our clients, that those who want to build sustainability into their portfolios in a very explicit way, that we can give them the tools and techniques and services to be able to do that. And then 
Lastly, we've seen some very large changes, even very recently, in valuations and risks coming in many respects from climate change, but also from other sustainability factors that our portfolio managers are now reflecting in their portfolios. We just announced that as part of this, we are moving out of our thermal coal investments. When we look at what the risks associated with thermal coal production are, we've just concluded that it's not a good risk return profile for our clients. By the middle of this year, we will have eliminated those exposures in our active debt and equity positions across the firm. So a lot of this was laid out in two letters, one from Larry Fink, our CEO, and the other two clients with this message, climate risk as investment risk, with the intentions for how the investment teams are going to change what they're focused on, how they think about ESG. What else are we going to do? So I'm thinking particularly of how we engage with companies around their climate practices and their ESG practices. One of the things that we've called for is for companies to report on sustainability measures. And specifically, we're advocating them using the SASB principles or Sustainability Accounting Standards Board as a reporting standard, as well as providing reporting along the TCFD standards or the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures as well. And look, we understand that's not an easy thing to do. I would tell you that BlackRock still has work to do along that. But it's something that we're asking all the companies that we invest in to report on. And I think we're going to hold people to a pretty high standard on this. It's an important part of what we do in terms of being stewards of capital, being engaged owners, focusing really on the long term. We're committing to a real focus on that. We're committed to a high level of transparency with respect to our voting and our engagements. And specifically, actually, not only listing the companies with whom we are engaging, but also the subjects on which we're engaging them on. So SASB, TCFD, these voluntary disclosure regimes have been around for a few years, but they haven't gotten huge traction. What do we think it's going to take for more companies to start to do these sorts of voluntary disclosure in addition to just our endorsement and request that they do so? It's going back to my earlier comments about the role of sustainability in portfolios. It's going to be really important for investors to understand how focused management is and how focused companies are on sustainability. One of the ways that we as investors are going to be able to evaluate that is through these disclosure regimes. And unfortunately, if we're not given that information, we're going to have to assume that they're not behaving Mm -hmm. in a way and they're not managing their businesses focused on long-term sustainability. That's going to have an impact on our view of valuations. So not only have these regimes been around for a while, but we and you specifically have been at this for decades. So why now for focusing on sustainability? Why are we calling for these changes at this point in time? I think we're at a tipping point in a number of dimensions. One is that the acuteness of the risks associated with non-sustainable behaviors are becoming very, very apparent. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that around the world and we're seeing it in the way that people are evaluating companies and allocating capital. Secondly, It's really important to our clients. Whether you believe that these risks are mispriced or not, and reasonable people can disagree, we have strong reason to believe that they are. But even if you don't, I think you have to accept that there is a large-scale reallocation of capital towards sustainability that is going on right now. And it's not just in a narrow part of the world. This is global. It is a global phenomenon. Some say it's associated with younger people now becoming CEOs and CIOs. 
with a more acute focus. Some say, I think it's just people understanding these things better. But because of that, that reallocation of capital is having a profound impact. And we believe it's going to have a profound impact on valuations. Given what our job is to produce the best long-term returns for our clients, we have to be focused on it now. And so when you say it's important to our clients, what are they saying exactly? Our clients are saying two things. One is they want the best returns that they can have. And given that most of our clients are saving for long-term goals like retirement, their timeframes are extended out there. You know, there's been a lot of focus on what's the impact of a two-degree world, what happens Mm -hmm. in 2050. 2050 is now 30 years away. 30-year mortgages, 30-year bonds go out to 2050. Mm -hmm. Then is now. We have to be taking these into account in the investments we're making today. Secondly, some of our clients want their portfolios to reflect their values. And we're committed to providing them the tools to be able to do that and the ability to choose to do that in their portfolios. But what's important is that that is precipitating a significant reallocation of capital. That's going to affect the flow of funds around the world, not just to private market issuers, corporate issuers, but also to sovereign issuers and public markets. As fiduciaries and as people who are looking to create alpha for our clients and our active portfolios, we have to take that into account. Mm -hmm. And that's providing a great opportunity for us, but it's also putting risks in the portfolio that we need to be closely attuned to. So you've talked a lot about how active investing is going to change. What are we going to do differently on the passive investing or index investing side? As an index manager, our duty is to replicate the returns of the indexes that our clients choose to use. And the reality is those indices reflect the broad markets and have companies that exhibit both sustainable and non-sustainable behaviors. One of the things that we're committed to doing is creating a series and a full spectrum of sustainability-oriented index exposures. And whether that's through screening, eliminating exposures to things like fossil fuels, or just optimizing around ESG exposures and looking to have a better ESG profile. Those are a series of products and strategies that we're going to be offering to our clients. We talk about that in the letter. What I'm personally excited about is our ability to use those in the solutions that we create for clients. The reality is most of what BlackRock does is as a solutions provider. We put together different capabilities from around the firm or sometimes outside of the firm to create the best possible outcome from our clients. We are really advocating that our clients employ sustainable versions of their broad market index exposures in their solutions. And we're going to be creating a series of capabilities for them to do that in a very easy and consumable way. Sustainable often signals the environmental and the climate components of it. How do you think about the other dimensions, whether that's the S or the G and ESG or other things beyond sort of physical climate risk or the transition to a lower carbon economy? Look, I think we've always been focused around the G risk, the governance risks. That's probably the single most important thing in evaluating a company is how good the management and board are doing about running their business. Mm -hmm. And when you see problems whether those problems manifest themselves in financial ways or in reputational ways, it's almost always a failure in governance at the root cause. So that's something we've been focused on for a long time. You know, around the social side, it is important. 
And you're seeing today a much higher level of focus around what I call the social license to operate. And the companies that lose that, either because of bad behavior, not demonstrating equality, not respecting their employees or the environment, are getting punished in the market. Mm -hmm. That's changing valuations. So, yeah, there's a lot of focus around environment and climate. It's particularly acute. And frankly, it's among the easier to measure. Mm -hmm. But the S&G are at least as important. What is our advice to those companies that are at risk of losing their social license to operate where we don't see the kind of behavior we're not investing in you? Like how exactly do we have those conversations with management teams? Well, look, we engage with over 2,000 companies a year through our stewardship team and then thousands and thousands more where our investment teams are meeting with managements. Part of what we're doing is evaluating those things mm -hmm. and really understanding it. But my message, which I think is a pretty simple one, is that these are important things that people need to be focused on. We've seen that in the markets. And if the markets aren't telling you that, your employees probably are. Mm -hmm. So I think people are focused on it. So as you think about risk, we have frameworks, we have formulas that investors use to think about risk. This is an emerging area. Is there a consensus? Do we have standards yet? How important is that for our investors as they're thinking about how to take this into account in their investment process? Oh, MC, I think one of the most important things that we need to be doing as investors is getting better information and better data. And one of the things that has changed over the last couple of years is we've progressively gotten better and better and better about analyzing sustainability risks and really understanding which ones are relevant mm -hmm. to which issuers. So one of my hopes over the next couple of years is that we continue to improve the quality and the relevance of the data that we have. And so, no, today there isn't a really great set of standards. There are a number of providers out there who do a good job, but I'm always surprised at how little correlation there is on some mm. of their analytics. That's why one of the things that we're really committed to at BlackRock is doing our own research and developing our own thoughts on these matters. But looking forward, I think you will see more standardization. I hope that BlackRock will be a leader in that way. What I think clients can expect from us are, one, us integrating these things into our investment processes in an even greater extent. And two, I think clients are going to appreciate this, is being able to report back to them how to measure, how to monitor, how to think about these sustainability-oriented exposures in their portfolio. So that they can understand on an ongoing basis where they stand on these different metrics. Absolutely. And look, there's no easy answer. It's not like there's a single number right. that's going to do that. And for different types of instruments in different industries, you're going to have different things that are relevant. But importantly, the ability to report to our clients, and that's one of the things we talked about in the letter, is really a commitment around sustainability-oriented reporting that I'm very excited about. So you said that that's one thing you hope will change in sustainable investing in the next sort of five to 10 years. What else do you hope will be different five years from now, 10 years from now? You know, really, I don't think it's going to be in five years, but in 10 years, maybe we'll just be talking about investing. Yeah. And that all investing will be sustainable. Mm -hmm. We won't need the adjective. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that becomes the standard. You know, markets change over time. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to think that in 10 years, there really isn't any focus on sustainable investing. It's just investing. So finally, sustainable investing fad or here to stay? 
OMC. I think this is uh, <laughs> this isn't a fad. This is about, if you will, the ultimate in long-term risk and returns. And to the extent that most of our clients are focused on saving for long-term goals, sustainability is something that's going to be around for a long, long time. Thanks so much, Rich, for joining today. Thanks for having me. That was my conversation with Rich Cashel on how sustainability is changing our investment approach at BlackRock. And just a reminder, throughout 2020, we'll continue to focus on sustainability on the bid through our mini-series, Sustainability, Our New Standard. We'll talk about how sustainability is evolving and how it manifests in countries and investment opportunities around the world. So stay tuned throughout the year for more. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by BlackRock, is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast, research, or investment advice, and is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by BlackRock to be reliable and are not guaranteed as to accuracy or completeness. This material may contain forward-looking information that is not purely historical in nature. There is no guarantee that any forecast made will come to pass. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. Past performance is not indicative of current or future results. This information provided is neither tax nor legal advice, and investors should consult with their own advisors before making investment decisions. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and you may not get back the amount invested. In the U.S. and Canada, this material is intended for public distribution. In the U.K., this is issued by BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited, authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, registered office 12 Throgmorton Avenue, London, EC2N 2DL, telephone plus 44020-7743-3000, registered in England and Wales, number 202-0394. For your protection, telephone calls are usually recorded. BlackRock is a trading name of BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited. In Singapore, this is issued by BlackRock Singapore Limited, co-registration number 2000-10143N. In Hong Kong, this material is issued by BlackRock Asset Management North Asia Limited and has not been reviewed by the Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong. In Australia, issued by BlackRock Investment Management Australia Limited, ABN 13-006-165-975-AFSL-230-523, BIMAL. The material provides general information only and does not take into account your individual objectives, financial situation, needs, or circumstances. In Latin America, this material is for educational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice nor an offer or solicitation to sell, or a solicitation of an offer to buy any shares of any fund. No securities regulators in Latin America have confirmed the accuracy of any information contained herein. The provision of investment management and investment advisory services is a regulated activity in Mexico, thus is subject to strict rules. For more information on the investment advisory services offered by BlackRock Mexico, please refer to the Investment Services Guide, available at www.blackrock.com. Copyright 2019, BlackRock Inc. All rights reserved. BlackRock is a registered trademark of BlackRock Inc. 
All other trademarks are those of their respective owners.